0: Uh, just in, um, in a moment, we're going to be opening up the Word here together this evening, and uh, just to kind of get out of the way, we're talks about that Jesus as a baby never cried. I don't think that's true, and it's okay for other kids to cry among us as well. So just, it's so good to have the kids with us, I'll just kind of speak louder and carry on so that we can all be together to worship. Um, if you want to open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1. We'll be there in a moment. Matthew chapter 1. Just kind of reflecting on the Christmas season. think We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you. Birthdays can be a pretty big deal. In our household, we love to celebrate. I don't know about you. Love to eat cake. I don't think it's a birthday unless I've eaten cake a couple of times. But really it's... Birthdays are more for like when we're younger, but as you get older, it's maybe not as big a deal. Unless your uh, birthday is divisible by 10. Then it, then for whatever reason, like, hey, you turn 30, 40, 50, everyone's like, oh, that's great, let's celebrate. 51, 32, people are like, yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> but you just think, think about it. What we're doing tonight, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And not only celebrating, we have songs that are distinctly written that we've been singing for hundreds of years within the church, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And every year, we get together and celebrate the birth. Like, why? Why is it such a big deal? I hope we're going to have time this evening to reflect on that, to think about about that. Maybe some are here like, yeah, it's 2022. It's almost 2023. Why are we making such a big deal about this birth that happened so many years ago? As I'm opening up the Word uh, this evening, I hope to sp- uh, speak to two people specifically. The first is someone who's like, why is it such a big deal? Why are all these songs? Why are we spending all this time talking about the birth of Christ? I pray that if that's you, that you'll walk away saying, I get it. I understand. And my prayer also is that you would believe. For many of us, so we're like, yeah, Christmas. I love it. I understand why we celebrate Mary and Joseph. Yes, I pray for all of us that we would have fresh faith, a fresh uh, understanding to behold the birth of Jesus Christ, a fresh reverence and worship. May the Lord do that in us this evening and this season. I'm going to get you to stand uh, one more time. We're doubling up here this evening as I read from Matthew Chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. The reason we stand in our church is this reverence for the Word of God. Matthew, chapter 1, 18 to 25. Matthew's accounts of the birth of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be the child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to his son, and he called his name Jesus. May God bless his word to our souls this evening. You can have a seat. And just continue on with the story, if you just bow with me, I'd like to just seek the Lord again in prayer. Oh God, I thank you for a time that we can celebrate, that we can sing, that we can reflect on the birth of our King. And I pray, Holy Spirit, help me to proclaim this Word. Help me to bring clarity. And I, but I pray, O oh God, you would give us open ears and open hearts that we'd be able to behold again uh, the Christ and have... Faith to believe. That we be filled with joy as we consider this this evening. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. First off, I just want to point out, that we're looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus Christ, this is a story within a story. This is a story within the Bible. And I, I many of us, we know the story of the Bible if you do not know the story of the Bible, the Bible is the most read, the most printed, the most stolen book in all of history. And just to sum it up for you, I think it's good for everyone, even if you understand the Bible. If you're to describe someone's like, "Well, what's this book about? Why is it so important?" I'm trying to break it down into just four acts for you. The first one I would describe would be creation. In the first just two chapters of the Bible, God spoke everything into existence. And it was very good. God made everything very good. And that's just the first act. The second act is what we would call the fall. So Adam and Eve, in a very good creation, disobeyed God, took a fruit they weren't supposed to. One act of disobedience, sin entered into the world, and they were separated from God. And thereafter, every person being born in sin. Being born in natural rebellion against God. And that's woven throughout the pages of the Bible, throughout human history. Sin. The the third chapter, if we're going to look at our third act, I would call redemption. Not talking about our church, but the biblical act of redemption. Jesus Christ coming. Being born, as we're going to look at, dying on the cross for our sins. Came to, to change that brokenness, that sin. Came to deal with it with Himself on the cross, came to make things right, and in the fourth act, new creation, new heavens. We look forward to the day that Jesus will return and make all things right. The story that we're looking at here this evening is in between the fall and the redemption of Jesus Christ. It's just like the start, the beginning, like a light starting to shine in a dark place. So that is where it takes place within the story. If you've been with us for the past month we've been looking at the genealogy of Matthew the first book in the New Testament it starts with this list of names tracing out a descendant of Abraham a descendant of David the Messiah the one who is going to come and deal with sin the Messiah who is going to come and die on the cross so that's what we've been looking at I've been saying all along God is working his plan From the moment sin entered into the world, even before actually the creation of the world, God had a plan to send His Son, Jesus. That's what we have been looking at. That's what we're going to be looking at again this evening. God is working His plan, and God is with us. So just looking at Matthew's account, the Nativity, his story, looking at verse 18, he writes this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place... In this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now I don't know know about you, when I've I've read this over and over again, every year I'm like, hey, what's betrothed mean again? What does that mean? It's It's like a type of engagement, but it's greater than that. It's this promise for a couple coming together to be married, and they were actually like, it's much greater than our engagement. If you broke it off, you actually had to have divorce they had to have divorce papers. Like, that's how serious it was. But yet, the couple was not officially married. The, the woman still lived at her parents' place, so there's a special ceremony where they grab her and bring her to her husband's place where they kind of officially come together. So, that's Mary and Joseph's relationship. They're betrothed. They're supposed to come together, but what does it say of her? Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. She was found to be with child. It's like, I don't know, did she not tell Joseph what was going to happen? He started to see, maybe she started to show, and he, and he was absolutely shocked. I don't know about you, though, as I read this story, at first, as I'm reading over it, I've stopped focused on the troll. And I'm like, what does that mean? What is, what is that, what's happening there? Instead, I, I don't know about you, we should be focused on the second half. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. What is going on there? Luckily, we have Luke's Gospel, and he gives a lot more detail to the birth of Jesus. So I'm just going to read a little bit of that from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1, in verse 26. In the the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him The throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? An important point, important question. She's like, Okay, I hear I'm going to have a child. She's never been with Joseph before. How is this going to happen? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So Mary had this encounter with the angel Gabriel telling her what was going to happen. The Holy Spirit somehow brought Jesus formed in her. And that, that's what was happening. In Matthew's Gospel, it's amazing. There's this list of names, the genealogy. This person was the father of this person. This person was the father of that person. You get to Verse 16. And it says about Joseph, that Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. Joseph obviously was not the father. In the sense there was no father. Mary was the woman to give birth to him. And Jesus, as we're going to see, was just divinely born, but then came to be clothed in human flesh. If you think about it, Matthew spends like 17 verses establishing Jesus' humanity. And half a verse establishing His divinity. And we're like, could you tell us more? Could you give us more details? In the New Testament we're going to look, there are more. But just saying, Joseph was not the father. Is that hard to believe a virgin giving birth? Again, the Bible, right from the start, opens up and says, God spoke the universe into existence. And so immediately, you must, will you come with faith to what is written in the Scriptures? Will you believe? We must just believe what is written here. Truthfully, though, I think it's actually a lot harder to have faith that this world came from nothing, that there was a big bang and everything just came to be. How intricate, how amazing it is today. I think that takes actually a lot more faith. We all have faith and so here we see there's this virgin who is now coming with child from the Holy Spirit continuing the account in Matthew verse 19 and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly he saw that she was pregnant I don't know if they had a conversation he's He's like, I haven't been with her. Has she been unfaithful? But because he was a kind, he was a just man, he didn't make a big public show about it. He was going to quietly divorce her, break off this promise to be married. But of course, we know he doesn't go through with that as we continue there in verse 20. And as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And in Matthew's gospel, this is how often... Uh, God appears to Joseph, and actually, if we would look on, actually to the wise men as well. And just kind of to take a little rabbit trail here for a second, if you're setting up your nativity at home, the wise men should not be surrounding the stable. They should be in a different room. (laughs) They came at a different time, and God actually appeared to them in a dream and told them to flee. Uh, as well. But that's just a side note to you. So this angel appears to Joseph in a dream. He's considering leaving Mary. And the angel says to him, "Joseph, son of David, he's of the line of David, he had to be. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Again, we're like, we love more explanation. That's what's given That Mary was a virgin and she gave birth to Jesus Christ. And he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. It shows again that his willingness to take this child as his own. Though truthfully he was not the earthly father. And just note here in Matthew's account. There's no mention of shepherds. There's no mention of angels singing. There's no mention of any of that. But then if you look at the other. There's four gospels And two of them, Mark, doesn't say anything about Jesus' birth. And and John says something very differently, talking about how He was before the world was created. Do you know where the Gospels actually focus their attention? They focus their attention on Jesus' last week of His life in the cross. That's where the Gospels focus. So it's interesting, if ever, every time we get together on Christmas Eve, and you get a pastor who's trying to just say something different about Jesus' birth, because you only really have one birth story in Luke... And then you have Matthew's account. It's, in, it's very interesting, but it's interesting what Matthew has to say. We're going to come back to that now. With the time we have, I'd just like to take a moment and consider the two names that we see here. Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus. Which, if you have a bulletin, I don't know, it means the Lord saves. I just want us to consider that, how amazing that is. The names that Jesus is given. So verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is uh, from the prophet Isaiah. This was, the prophet Isaiah was written 700 years earlier. And even it says in verse 22, this was, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord said would happen. It, in Matthew's Gospel, he quotes at least 47 times from the Old Testament, saying, look how Jesus fulfilled what was said. An old saint named Augustine spoke of the Old Testament, that's before Jesus Christ, and said, in the Old Testament you have Jesus Christ concealed. And in the New Testament you have Jesus Christ revealed. And Matthew really makes this point over and over again. That's because look what was said in the Old Testament. Look what was said in the Scripture. Look how Jesus fulfilled it. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. How amazing is that? I don't know about any other birthdays that we celebrate of a virgin giving birth. It is an amazing thing. So we, we see here this fulfilling of Isaiah's prophecy of several, 700 years earlier. Jesus is fulfilling God's plan for him. This giving this name, Emmanuel, God with us. And maybe for some, like, well, like God with us, like Jesus. Jesus is God with us. Is that, is that like an allegory? You know how you say of some people, oh, they have a, they have a face like an angel. Or someone runs really fast. They're fast like a cheetah. Is that that what's being said of Emmanuel? No, the New Testament would actually reiterate Emmanuel, God with us, of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to give you a few examples and say Jesus was actually God in the flesh. I just want to show you in a couple places. Colossians 1, uh, 15 The Apostle Paul writes of Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God. In Colossians 2, verse 9, it says of him, of Jesus, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In Hebrews, the writer of that book in 1, verse 3 wrote, Of Jesus, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And then in John's Gospel, as John begins, in John 1, verse 14, speaking of Jesus, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the Old Testament, as God took the people from out of Egypt with Moses, God tabernacled amongst them. There was a tabernacle that was set up, and God tabernacled amongst them. God dwelled with them in that way. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus, he dwelt among them. It's actually the same word. Is in Jesus' tabernacle of the moment. As God was with them in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, Jesus in the flesh was God with them. I just want to show you over and over again, We you go to so many places in the New Testament, it's not just a name. They're saying this is actually God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. And yet he is human. And friends, in that is 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 a bit of a mystery. He was human in that he ate, he slept, he was tired, he was sad, he was tempted in every way that we have been, yet was without sin. And because of his humanity, he can represent us to God the Father. Because he is God, he is able to deal with our sins on the cross. John MacArthur says this apart from Jesus being both human and divine, there is no gospel the essence and the power of the gospel is that God became man and that by being both holy God and holy man, he was able to reconcile men to God. Friends, he had to be God to deal with our sin and brokenness. God didn't leave us to ourselves, but he sent Jesus. We know that maybe that well-known scripture, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Think about this when we're thinking about the birth of Jesus, it's the time when the creator was clothed in human flesh and, and dwelling amongst his own creation. That's what we see happening as we consider Emmanuel, God with us. It truly was God with us. As we consider the other name found in Matthew, Matthew 1:21. The angel says to Joseph about Mary, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As we think about the name Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. When I gave you the kind of quick overview of the Bible, remember that second act, the fall, as sin entered into the world, as his brokenness entered into the world, as we look at the world and we say, Hey, that's not how things should be. There's a brokenness we all know deep within. And when the Bible talks about sin, it's talking about missing the mark, missing the divine standard that God has set. And it's not like barely missing it. Like, I don't know, if you, if you want to take a roller coaster ride and you have to be a certain height and you're like close, you're trying to on your tiptoes, you're almost there. It's like if it was by our, our righteousness measured in height, it'd be like, you need to reach the top of the Empire State Building. Like, that's how far we miss the mark. Because God is holy and we are not. And sin is the the brokenness of the human heart. That says it's about me, myself, and I. And sin is the, the natural tendency to rebel against God and want to rule our own lives. And sin, it separates us from God. On our own, we are enemies of God. But Jesus. The name of Jesus, it actually means the Lord saves. That's what the name of Jesus means. I just want to keep pressing this. Matthew one twenty one. you call Him Jesus for He will save His people from their sins. He will save His people. But how? How is this said about a little baby? This little baby, Jesus, would grow up. He would begin His ministry. He would show His deity. He would show He was God by His life. As He healed the sick, as He cast out Demons, as he walked on water, as he fed 5,000 people with two fish, five loaves of bread, as he raised people from the dead. Amazing. And in his humanity, he lived a sinless life. His name will be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Because, friends, he, he was born ultimately to die a death on the cross for my sins and for yours. He took our wrongdoing, our rebellion against God and the punishment we deserved on Himself on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He became sin who knew no sin. He, the righteous one, took our sin upon Himself, upon the cross. And then He died, He was buried, and He rose again. He paid for our sins on the cross so that whoever would put their faith, put their trust, put their belief in Jesus, that yes, He died for me and turn from their sins be like, yes, actually, I have sinned against the Holy God. Lord, forgive me. I'm believing Jesus. He died for me. You would stand forgiven. And how do you do that? I like to use the language of surrender. A surrender to like Jesus... You are in charge of my life now, God. I don't make the decisions. I've messed up. I want to confess my sin to you. I want to put my faith and trust in you. I want to surrender. And anyone who does that, anyone who surrenders, has their sins forgiven, made right with God, and get this eternal life with Him in heaven. Eternal life. That's what's so hard about what we're, what I'm even talking about. We live in time, but I'm talking about eternity. What's the true meaning of Christmas? 1 Timothy 1.15, we've been going through that book as a church. Apostle Paul said, the reason that Jesus Christ came in the world is to save sinners. That is why Jesus came. It's good news if you are a sinner. That's a great thing that we want to hear. The ones who take our brokenness, our mess, to fix it, to fix us, to restore us. Friends, I just want to bring a couple other scriptures in front of you. I I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I was burdened for this message. It's a time of celebration. Amen. But I know there's people here among us who do not know the Lord. So in the middle of the night I got up and I was praying, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts. God brought me to Isaiah 55. It says in Isaiah 55 at the start, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters that he who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. There's this offer to come to God. He expands on this. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let Him return to the Lord that He may have compassion on Him. To our God, for He will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon because Jesus Christ came to save His people from their sins. And I saw in this, there's a promise also I just read recently in Revelation 22, 17 talking about the end of time. There's this invitation. It says, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. There's this invitation to come to Christ. We see it all throughout Scripture. I'm giving it to you tonight. Why do we celebrate? Roughly 2,022 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. In fact, if you look at your watch, all time is actually measured by the time that He entered into into the world. That's pretty amazing. And it's good news of great joy because the baby born would grow to be a man, live a perfect sinless life and die on a Roman cross for you and for me. And everyone who would put their faith and trust in Him, I talk about surrender, would be forgiven of their sins, restore the relationship with God, receive the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide them. Because of this, have eternal life with God. And the amazing thing is, if you believe, you surrender to Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit within you. And then you have Jesus within you, God with us, Amen you Emmanuel. It's not just something we talk about that like, yeah, it happened 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about a present reality through faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we, as we're going to sing here in a moment, joy to the world. And one of the stanzas is, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow as far as the curse is found. The curse that we see in the fall of humanity with Adam and Eve, Jesus came to change that. And that's why we celebrate, that's why we sing, that's why we remember. Friends, this is just an introduction to the The Gospel of Matthew. This is just how he starts the book. I would encourage you, if you've never read Scripture, I I would love to give you a copy. I brought a number of Bibles here tonight. If you'd like to just grab one from me and start to read, please do that. Friends, do you know what you got for Christmas last year? I guess my wife and I we pull up this puzzle to work on, kind of do a puzzle at Christmas time. Like, oh, like when did we get that? She's like, last year Christmas. I'm like, oh, do you know what you got two years ago, three years ago? These are temporal gifts. They're fun, they're good, but they quickly pass by. Think about for young kids, even if we get them Lego, and our kids are kind of out of the Lego stage almost, but Lego right here like, hey, we're gonna keep ready for the grandkids in time going to lose pieces. It's going to break. Just temporal gifts. I've heard rumors I've never met people who get cars for Christmas. Well, that'd be an amazing gift, right? Here's a car. Or maybe some people somewhere in a far-off land maybe get a home or something. for Hey, here, here's a new home. Imagine if you got that. Imagine how happy you would be. A hundred years from now, it'll be nothing though. However, whatever type of big gift you can think of, a hundred years from now, we'll all be in the grave. And so we talk about the birth of Jesus Christ, we're talking about eternity, forever. That He could make a way for us to be made right with a holy God. That is the true meaning of Christmas. Do you see this is a big deal? Why we celebrate every year. What do you do with this knowledge? Friends, believe, trust in Jesus Christ. Matthew 1 again says, His name will be Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. And how do you become one of His people? By believing in His name, by trusting in Jesus, by, by surrendering your life to Him. And then you are one of His people for all of eternity. Emmanuel, God will be with you. Friends, God is still working, He's still calling people to Himself. By His Spirit saying, come. Come and be forgiven. Come and have peace with God. For those of us who are like, yes, yes, that is why we celebrate. What do we do? What do we do in response? We keep trusting. We keep believing. Keep trying to wrap your mind around. The baby is God clothed in human flesh. And even in heaven now, He's a 100% God and yet 100% man who died on the cross and rose again. Just like wrap our minds around that, that should fill us with joy, fill us with worship. And that's how we need to respond. We need to respond with praise. Now, in a moment, we will with a few songs. I would encourage you tomorrow morning, may you gather your family together, read again the story of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Sing a few Christmas songs. Belt them out to the glory of God. Keep worshipping. That's what this story should just inspire us to do. The shepherds who are there just joining in with the angels above. If you're you're just visiting, you're coming from out of town, I would encourage you to find a church, if you're not already out one, that preaches the Word of God and join and keep worshipping Jesus Christ. And if you're here, if you're looking, come and join with us next Sunday morning, 10 a.m., Continue to glorify Jesus Christ. Yes, we do that December 24th, 25th. You name the date. We want to be doing it. Think about that. God with us. Emmanuel. He is. Jesus. The Lord saves. He does. And that is why we praise Him. If you want to bow with me, I'd like to close this word of prayer as the worship team, if you guys could come and ready to lead us in song. Oh Lord, God, give us understanding. Give us greater understanding how you could leave your throne in heaven and humble yourself and come and be clothed in human flesh, crying as a baby. Lord, I pray... Holy Spirit, that if there be those who do not know you, Lord, open their eyes. Allow them to see their need for you. May they call out and may you save them. May you change them. May they find their sins forgiven and find peace with you. I pray, O Lord, continue to give us fresh faith that we wouldn't just go through the motions of coming to church, of singing songs we know. Lord, give us A clear understanding. It allows to see in a a new light how amazing it is the first time you came. And oh God, we look forward to Lord Jesus when You'll return. Until then, oh God, we know You're at work. I pray You be working through us and in us. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Please stand.